Hello, everyone. Welcome again uh, to our next episode of It's Gonna Be Okay. I have a wonderful comedian, Samantha Jane, with me. Um, and we are just gonna, you know, just talk about our uh, experiences in uh, basically stand up, too. And. Um, how I met you, <laughs> I I thought it was, I, everyone always has like these weird um, things about, they have weird stories about how I, I meet them. And then sometimes it's not great, you know, cause, cause it's like, oh, I, I don't normally remember people the first time I meet them, you know, mostly cause of my own mental health. So I'm I mean, like- same, honestly, yeah. you said, I'm like, oh no, wait, do, uh, uh, do I remember? <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was on a pop quiz. Yeah, no, I, I remember when, when you came up to me, you're like, yeah, I met you before. And then I was like, did I hallucinate this? <laughs> I was like, what? Um, but yes, yes. So clearly, you you know from, you know, we, we both do stand-up. Samantha yes. Jane is, in, is, a, is a great female stand-up comedian. Uh, not just saying she's female, but great great comedian plays the guitar i'm amazed you didn't bring it i was kind of like oh oh i didn't know i didn't yeah, you no, brought no, it no 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 it's cool. no 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 i don't i don't put it in the car if i don't need to because yeah then i have to like babysit it yeah I'll yeah get, like, i, I get don't want to leave it in the car and then you got to carry it with you and you kind of got to like be aware of your gear at all times yeah all um, right so um the audience does it basically nobody knows who we are. I mean, they know kind of who I am I don't a little know, bit. I but it got at least two internet stalkers. Too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got it. I know, I know. I think that. I think that's I mean, funny. fans. I, fans I, I like how, you know, uh, a stalker will follow you online, but then when they see you in person, then they ask you, oh, hey, you want to go out to dinner? What do you want to eat? And it's like, bitch, you're my stalker. You should know what I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like are you not a you're just you're, you're a lazy you're stalker a stalker you're a lazy stalker right <laughs> so you're only you know following like where i am but not like what i care about yeah exactly you know exactly yeah so okay so let's to all of our lazy stalkers samantha um what how do you want to introduce yourself <laughs> tell them about your story basically how do i introduce myself yeah to them? yeah yeah to them i'm a mystery you will never know don't try <laughs> <laughs> okay um, i am a scorpio so there's that i like that um, um I like that you're a Scorpio. I'm a Cancer, so we Night. both. I'm yeah. Cancer rising. Oh no! Oh, I have too many feelings. <laughs> My therapist knows all about it. <laughs> That's also why I have to write songs because it's like too much, overflowing. Too much. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I used to do poetry. I was a poetry kid. I still do poetry sometimes. I do a, a show at Glendale Room occasionally. Um, Days to Confuse oh, nice. with my friend Fernando. I think I've heard of that before. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, but then I found out, like, oh, if you do poems, but with the guitar, you're cooler. Like, <laughs> it's less nerdy. <laughs> so I do that. So um, I know, uh, clearly we know, we we spoke. I, I send this list to everyone that I have on my my podcast. This, this is about mental health. Um, and I like the fact that you are just um, unabashed about how you express, you know, your emotions on stage. Um, you sing about <laughs> Florida men and, and your mom and you sing about you know your the traumas that you've gone through in life but it's also you know in a very kind of comedic and jokingly way um that I I felt was interesting um but 
the thing about, you know, like doing stand up, obviously we get like a catharsis from it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just want to know, like, basically what prompted you, you know, if, if you did like, what's, what is your background? Like what prompted you, if you ever got therapy and what was, what was some of the things that you, um, I'm not saying that's a prerequisite to be on this show. Is like, I mean, I'm in therapy right now. It's okay. <laughs> I always say that when people like, if I post something very sad or whatever, people worried, I'm like, don't, I'm in therapy. It's okay. Like, mm, yeah, we're working on it. We're dealing with it, but it doesn't mean that that just like, no, I'm good now. Yeah. I'm cured. Yeah. Everything's better. Yeah. Like the entire upbringing I had and everything that's hardwired in there isn't going to like just click. Right. And I also feel like, we have a weird way of looking at healing um, in this country, at least. But in general, we're, I feel like we tend to think of healing as if, like, as if it had never happened. And that's not actually how we heal, right? Like, people have scars. People have things where, you know, the wound is healed, but it's not like you were... Before. Yeah. Before. And if we start thinking about that as good... As, you know, integrating the thing within you, maybe it can actually be a benefit. Like scar tissue is actually tougher than the other skin. It's actually stronger. Yeah, and that's like, true. You know, we have like these cosmetic issues with it or whatever. But if you can embrace it and be like, yeah, there's a part of me that went through something and it's stronger now. Yeah. It's better now instead of just being like, I just wish it was like it never happened. Because that's never going to be how it is. <laughs> It's always going to have happened unless I, you have like I love I love that perspective because I kind of feel like maybe I should look at my like my stretch marks that way but <laughs> same I'm on a journey with it I'm on a big journey we've gone through the body dysmorphia like, we've gone through Yeah you know I think it's like reaching a different I don't know there's like debate about whether those stages of grief grief are, are real or linear or whatever but i'm like that's where i'm getting to it's not how i've always thought about it myself wait okay so you went you're going through a stage of grief with with your body your what i think so with kind of everything right yeah when you have to like process big changes or loss i mean my mom died a couple years ago so i've got a lot of grief stuff i've been oh. processing um and to sort of circle back to your, like, why do I do art? Like, she was an artist. She's a painter. Oh, okay. And had oh, so much mental health issues and addiction stuff. Like, all the jokes I do about doing coke yeah, with my mom. Yeah. All true. Nothing is made up. <laughs> wow. Okay, Nothing okay. Nothing is made up. And actually, like, it's not even, like, heightened uh, either. Like, mm -hmm. that... The entire story is true verbatim. And yeah, it actually yeah, you... gets weirder in real life, but that's when people start getting concerned and don't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, just I like, did grow up in Florida, and it is... Oh, you're just like, true. can you still call CPS at 30? You're like, oh, my but, God. Yeah, yeah, when I did that show, and I'm like, I just remembered how, that someone called CPS on my dad. Like, that's true. Wow. I just didn't think about it, because at the time, he was the normal parent. It yeah. was intense. And I'm an only child, so shit was intense. But, like, my dad played music, and my mom was a painter, and, and you're you're an integration of both. Then. So yeah, arts was the one place where it was safe to have feelings. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Yes, and I the do. Rest of life, it was like stop fucking crying, stop this and yeah. that, suck it up, whatever. Your feelings were like an attack on somebody, and had to be like hyper vigilant about like monitoring how I behaved, or you know, not wanting to make anyone else feel weird. But you were always allowed to have all the feelings when you were making art. 
So it's always been a safe space for me. Yeah. Like I have to make art or I go crazy. <laughs> like it No, is no, that's very that's true. that's yeah, that is exactly um why I kept doing this um instead of because I I, w I went on so clearly my glasses say that you know I I, I went to school. <laughs> I mean no lie. I have needed glasses since high school. I went through a period when I lived in New York and I wasn't driving where I just like didn't wear them. Yeah. Cause you get away with that, not wearing yeah, them. Yeah, I was driving drive. or anything. And then when I started wearing glasses again, two things happened where people were so much nicer to me. Really? Um, one was I realized like when I didn't have them, I was always doing this to people uh -huh. and like not waving to people I knew because I wasn't trying, I was just doing this and I looked like really judgy. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, Which I didn't realize, I, I, like people are like, does she hate me? And I was just like, I don't know if I know you. Like, <laughs> but the other thing was someone said to me, um, because I guess, and you know, I come from like body dysmorphia, crazy land, but like, I guess I'm pretty now. And what? That people tell me. <laughs> but when I started wearing glasses and a guy said this, he was like, oh, it makes it seem like maybe you weren't always perfect or people might have made fun of you or something. And I'm like, well, people made fun of me because I was a fat kid. You just can't see that yeah. on my face. So like, you don't know someone's history, but like, I guess the glasses made me feel more like I had a weakness or something oh that's interesting i interesting. have not encountered that i've i've only encountered people being like more a assholes to me because i wear glasses really yeah it's i it's mean now really we're in weird like a I've, different era because th this was before that weird period of time when people started wearing glasses for fashion oh okay yeah that's and weird. then and then that's that's mostly what they think they're like can i see your glasses and then they take them and i'm like yeah all of a sudden, my I get now squinty. I get that too, and, and then go, I'm like, "Oh, you really can't see exactly." And then I'm like, "This." I'm like, "No, I also wouldn't wear a fake leg for fashion." Like, exactly, exactly. It's like, why? Why would I spend so much money on a handicap? <laughs> I'm just trying to make it fashionable so I don't look like I'm fucked up, you know. Um, but speaking of like the, the scar tissue, it's kind of like, you know, you're building on that. You you're, embrace, you're embracing the, the, yeah, you're embracing the, the, I, I wouldn't say it. It's a handicap. You know, I just have, I'm just waiting for the future to replace my eyes with lasers. You know, <laughs> I get it. I mean, or, you know, being just a difference, the thing that might make you different. Right. Exactly. Instead of feeling shamed about it, I'm going to put glitter on it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting that you will, I mean, yeah, embracing the difference. And sometimes when you do do that, you're still going to run into like fucking morons that are going to be like, fuck that bitch, you know, like, yeah. um, but you, well, it's you always realizing like you're never going to make everyone happy, happy or, or comfortable. Like, why do I have to make someone feel comfortable about me taking up space? You know? Well, some people are just angry. <laughs> and you got to let people be angry. Are just fucking angry. Yeah. And that's their shit. And it sucks that they're putting it on other people. Right. Yeah. But sometimes when they do put that on other people, I take that to therapy. <laughs> I know. I'm sensitive. And I'm also like, why do they hate me? Literally, like, you know, people tell me I'm pretty now. Whatever. Um <laughs> I have an OnlyFans. It's fine. Um, That's people right. People will tell me I'm hot all the time. And then, like, one dude on the internet's like, she has a gut. And I'm like, oh, you zoom in on that dude. You're like, oh, shit. I'm not going to feel 13 again. I'm not going <laughs> to feel 13 again. You don't own me. <laughs> right. But then why am I still thinking about it a week later? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you, 
can can, can do you want to talk about that the body dysmorphia or you're not comfortable sure. with it okay no i'm pretty open i like especially that kind of stuff because coming from eating disorder stuff like it thrives in shame right it yeah thrives well, a lot in yeah. the secret of it a lot of our pain does yeah yeah and we don't know why we don't we just know i guess for for like I was kind of deconstructing like why I feel shameful when I go through like an episode where I like, you know, and then I'm like, why do I feel ashamed of that? Like, that's just the way my brain works, like where I have to slow down. And it mostly goes back to when we were kids, like our parents and what you were saying, we're not allowed to, you know, openly vent our emotions, but we're allowed to do it in like the safe space of like our art because that's where it's allowable, you know, apparently. Yeah, and I had, like, um, competing things with food in my house, I think, because on the one hand, we're Jewish, and my dad was a, like, eat your feelings person. Eat, you'll feel better. Mm -hmm. um, literally, any kind of sickness, like, eat. What do you? What food do you want? It was like, <laughs> I said my stomach's upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and comfort food, and, like, food was a way to unite or like I bought you cookies that's a way to show you I love you rather than like being kind right. and like on the other hand I had I mean not waspy but because Jews purebred Jews all the way but like Upper East Side women who basically had codified eating disorders as a way to express your femininity and like be a good woman right like you have to be attractive to catch that man like very like 1950s style like oh where like it's housewives like, like still housewife shit yeah like that's just part of your like duty as a woman in a way is and, to like, eat less and take less space is that yeah <laughs> like and it wasn't even that they were like pushing it on me because mm -hmm. they weren't that's the thing like i'd get the drive through whatever but you're watching them count calories all the time you're listening to them say how much they hate their thighs or they hate this or they hate that and you absorb that. And then I felt too heavy. And, like, I was putting Weight Watchers when I was 11. Wow. Which is way too young. I mean, now I'm like, okay, way to, like, put off responsibility on me. Because you're buying the groceries, but I have to count the calories. Yeah. Like, okay. And I was, like, going and wet, getting weighed in in front of adults after school. Um, this was the era, though, when also Tyra Banks was weighing people in on television on an America's Next Top Model. And then literally the one who had, like, you watch it now and you're like, she is anorexic. Yeah. She's 5'11", and she was 115 pounds. Wow. And she won this season. So, like, it was So, it's like positive, it positive reinforcement. Happening. Yeah, it's positive yeah. reinforcement for negative behavior. Yeah, and I was tall, and everyone would be like, you should be a model. And I wanted, I wanted to be a model. Uh-huh. I... Did not have this was Kate Moss era models. Yeah, like ugh, what heroin chic. What you would yeah. do? What, what I would have given for a Kim Kardashian? Yeah, at that time, Giselle Bundchen was the one with a fat ass. Mm. Do, uh, does anyone think Giselle has a fat ass now? No, no, like, literally. That I, she's the one. She's Brazilian, and she needs a Brazilian butt lift. <laughs> I mean, it's fun. Like I also don't want to body shame in reverse, but it was like a different time. Yeah, yeah. and I yeah. had adults literally measure me and tell me where I needed to lose weight and how I needed to lose. Was, I was this skinnier than it was now? No, this was like trying to go to modeling castings. Oh, okay. Going to like weird cattle calls for 
Wilhelmina so online, which so doesn't you exist did, anymore. So you really did, like, is that, like, you really did try to become a model kind of thing? And- I tried in that I learned how to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> After years and years of trying. I remember, because um, um, I, I, I kind of went through uh, in, in episode, or not an episode, an issue with um, body dysmorphia, but this is when I was a teenager. Um, it's a little different now, uh, because when they, cause I, I got the schizophrenia and then they gave me like, um, all these antipsychotics and antidepressants. And then that made me like blow up. Yeah. Um, and now I'm just, you know, lucky I can <laughs> maybe put on some of the clothes that I had back then. But when I was younger, I weighed, this was before the diagnosis. Yeah, I was like, you don't look heavy at all. You oh, not yeah. No, person. my heaviest, I, b- before I started coming to L.A., like, to do stand-up, my heaviest uh, was, I was 260, 260 pounds. And I was still on the medication. And... I think the reason why they're like, yeah, this is this medication is going to stabilize you. And it's because you can't run, you know, (laughs) you can't get up and run. (laughs) Yeah, it's stabilizing me to the fucking couch, bitch. Okay. (laughs) Um, And then I got like a a blood clotting issue because I wasn't I wasn't moving. I wasn't walking. And then that's when I realized, you know what? I was healthier when I lost my mind (laughs) when I didn't. (laughs) This is the thing I realized, too, like health is relative right there is no model thing no this is exactly what works for all people right all people are different and there's going to be a different range of what's good for you as an individual and i feel like i get caught in that too like i should be like this i should be like that i should be you know hitting these other markers that seem like quote unquote normal but Normal is an illusion. Normal yeah, based on yeah. who's measuring it's, it. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm glad that you bring that up because I was reading just recently how they're reassessing the way they measure body fat and the BMI and whether that's even useful in in yeah. helping people stay healthy. When I um through a weird chain of events through comedy, yeah, I ended up working at a gym. Uh, twice in my life to work at David Barton gym once in New York in Chelsea and then once out here so very super fun gay gym (laughs) which was great I got to watch like Anderson Cooper run on the treadmill Um, wow he is that gorgeous in real life (laughs) (laughs) he's like like, keep uh, around the corner be like don't be creepy don't be creepy (laughs) um but what I learned there because I came from a very like not athletic Mm -hmm. kid background I was made fun of I was called cow in school like so I had like that's yeah deep-seated stuff but then when I went to the gym I found like all these guys I actually wrote a, a musical about eating disorders and I wrote a character like this that has orthorexia which is when a guy doesn't ever think he's big enough oh wow really? like you know the bodybuilders when they're like jacked and they're like I just need to gain a little more you know like because they get focused on it's literally like watching an anorexic in reverse because I would talk to them and they would have like these little weighed out containers and they knew exactly how many calories they were allowed to eat a day and they would like measure it out and like they won't drink water for an entire day if they have a shoot because they want to look cut like which is just the most unhealthy thing you can think of that's dangerous and so I'm like (laughs) oh these people that are put on these magazines as a bastion of health Aren't even healthy themselves. No, that's right. not healthy. Yeah, yeah. It's the same way of looking at the models. And then you're like, oh, that's 
not healthy. healthy. Yeah. You get into the nuts and bolts of what's under that body and, and how it's being presented to you. Right. And I mean, now I, I work out a lot, but it's mostly because of my mental health, because I know that that working out, (laughs) I tell, I told my friend this, uh, you know, her, um, Gabby. Yeah. I told her that, Oh, I, I spent three hours at the gym and she's like, why? <laughs> I get both sides of that now. Cause I used to be purely a why. And then when I worked at the gym, I would go to the gym and I was like, Oh, I do feel a little better. Yeah. I need to find an outlet again. Cause just gym culture is a bit triggering for me in many ways. Uh huh. I think I do better with dance. Like I've started dancing again. Oh yeah. Yeah. With, yeah. Definitely. Um, you know, I dance like I go go at a gay club sometimes. Yes, and I love that. So I love that. Fun. I love that. Um, but I, because I do better in that. I'm not like focused on like what I'm lifting or my body or whatever. I'm like feeling the yeah. music. It's expressive and all of that. It's not as structured. It's more like you you have your own ability to just flow with it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, also, I one of the first body things. One of the first times my body betrayed me. <laughs> Was I want to be a ballerina when I was a little girl. Uh-huh. I loved ballet, which is partly why I think my knees and ankles are so <laughs> fucked up. Because <laughs> people at the gym would always be like, did you used to dance? I'm like, You're try- you I tried. Like, <laughs> you keep pointing your toes for no fucking reason. You oh. don't need to. And I always stand and turn out, which I don't need to do. Yeah. I'm trying to do squats and I'm like plieing. Um, but that's, you're just graceful. You're just being graceful. Yeah, I go back and forth between like moments of grace and like baby giraffe. <laughs> like, Cause I also grew very tall very quickly. Yeah. Like, don't think I ever totally refound my <laughs> core of balance. I, I grew tall quickly too. And I have like stretch marks on my, sh- my, uh, uh, my shoulders. Oh it's yeah. a weird place to have them. I have them all over. Yeah. I'm I have them over. on my back. I have some on my boobs, even though they're not very big. Yeah, it's, I don't understand it's, that one. It's weird. It's it's a weird thing. And I've always been very self conscious This is why I, a lot of people look at me. They're like, oh, you're emo because you wear all black. I'm like, I got stretch marks, motherfucker. That's why I wear all black. I lived in New York for a long time. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had stretch marks, too. And I remember when I was 17 was the first time that was reframed for me. Because mm-hmm. I, I grew up in Florida. I never wore shorts. I hated you know, being in a bathing suit, which is very hard. In yeah. And I have like big stretch marks on my thighs. And my first boyfriend was very into, um, not anime, but, uh, comics. Uh, oh. he liked this, this comic book thing called heavy metal, which features like all these, like very like Amazonian busty, yeah, type. busty women, busty, but strong. Okay. Like fighters. Yeah. They're not like, Pam Anderson, you know, like they have like thick thighs and shit. They're, they got thick thighs or saving lives. They got, <laughs> they got swords, you know. And uh, he was like, I love your stretch marks. They make you look like kind of like a tiger warrior woman. I uh-huh. was like, okay, I never would have thought of it like that. But like, oh, they're like my stripes. Like it's like a cool thing maybe. Right. So that was like more affirming for you, like in terms of body positivity back then. I had time. never had that reflected at me. Oh. He was also the first guy to tell me I was beautiful without makeup on. Oh, that's I think more of that needs to happen. My um I think the only time my dad ever told me I looked beautiful was because I was spending so much money at Sephora and it was his money and he was like, you know what? I don't think you need that makeup. <laughs> And I told him, Daddy, I thought you wanted me to leave the house and get married. 
Don't you want me to be pretty, Daddy? <laughs> I thought you were getting tired of me. I know. Um, and like you know, my mom would never have, have commented or cared, but I saw her put on eyeliner every day. You know, you just sort of pick up. My grandmother would never leave the house without her lipstick. Mm-hmm. You just pick up. You pick up things. on those behaviors. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, my mom. That's the reason why I would even wear like red lipstick. You know, it's not it's not a dominance thing. I've had somebody come on to be like, oh, you're so confident because you wear red lipstick. And I'm like, it's I mean, to me. I'm just like, you're confident. You're not going to get it all over your face. Yeah. That's why yeah, I don't wear red yeah, lipstick. Because no. I look two hours later and I'm like, <laughs> what did I eat? What did I do? Like, I smoke. I'm like, it uh, gets everywhere. Yeah. You, you get clown face at some yeah, point. I yeah. Yeah. No, I, I wore it because my mom, that was the only color my mom wore, you know, and I was like, that's the way. A woman should look, you know, right. and my uh, mom always had black eyeliner. Um, yeah. See, so we learn. We're not learning. I think the things that like society will feed us, you know, they'll tell us, oh, this is the way a woman should look. And we're like, but that's not the woman that I grew up with as, you know, our our visualization of it. Yeah. You know, and I always I mean, especially because the 90s, too, like I was always so crushed that I had these small boobs. I mean, they're like a BC. They're not even that small. Um, but, you know, it was like Pam Anderson. And my mom was a double D. Dang. And I felt cheated. <laughs> <laughs> like, where's mine? You're like, I got dad's tits. <laughs> well, yeah, his sister was fucking stacked, too. So Jeez. I'm like, where's this coming from? Why? Yeah, Why not yeah. me? You're like, I'm not a lactating Why bitch. Why do I got this fat ass that is not in fashion yet? Like, yeah, you know. yeah. Well, it was just preparing you for the future. That's what that's what your your that's what now, the universe was. Uh, my yeah. body type apparently is like very in, but my brain has to catch up to that sometimes. Oh yeah. You know? Well, I mean, we need to start now. Yeah. <laughs> I like didn't wear now. pants for years because it was too crushing to realize what size I was. Jeez. Because I have a small waist, uh-huh. but like big old hips. Yeah, um, that's the reason why I don't wear denim mostly because I don't right. like the Jeez. way it hugs on my thighs. I don't like I don't like that feeling. It's weird to me. Yeah, or it's it'll always like not fit my waist, but then mm. be too tight somewhere. It's like yeah. never. It's never complimentary. Yeah, yeah. It's the worst. No, I don't I don't like that feeling. Um, but did you ever uh, did you ever go get help for the the eating disorder? I. Uh, I had a friend in New York who I didn't go to meetings with her, but she went to meetings. And when I started talking to her, she like gave me a lot of advice. And it was just like very, it was almost like a one person meeting where it was just very helpful to have somebody to talk to that really understood and you could be very candid with about it. Mm -hmm. I always felt like um, similar to like how I didn't say I was bisexual for a long time. Like I wasn't enough, (laughs) you know, you have that like, because I was never, like, bulimic enough to feel like I had a real issue, you know? And if you look up, like, the diagnostic DSM, like, yeah, uh, thing, like, I never seemed sick enough or whatever. I, like, literally just had, like, normal actress who's trying to lose weight kind of perpetual Syndrome, dieting. Right. But, but wasn't, like, so bad. But I did go to, like, one OA meeting when I moved out here and that was a bit weird. (laughs) 
What what does OA stand for? Uh, Overeaters and Overeaters and which is ironically the catch all for all eating disorders. Okay, so you have it's the best thing because no, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, like my friend who I would talk to a lot, I was like, honestly, there's a little bit of a like unspoken, um, and I've written about this in comedy. That's like got a very niche audience, but more people relate than want to let on. Just about like there's a little bit of a like resentment from bulimics to about anorexics yeah it's like oh we're all in this together it's like yeah but you have the one that gets you skinny like (laughs) (laughs) you know oh no that like so i remember i went to that 108 meeting out here and this felt like a boundary thing like they had me write down my number and then a bunch of people texted me from the group as support but it was Uh like overwhelming because i'm like i went to one thing but i was flattered that it was mostly the anorexics i was like oh my god they think i'm skinny they think i'm one of them (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah thank you but I mean, in so you never like you just went and dealt with it on your own, or I mean, basically, I, I because I I often think that like even even if we don't get therapy, um, there's still like things that we do that kind of make us like we're not going to be healed from it completely. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, that's an interesting thing that I talk about because like. Obviously, growing up with my mom, lots of substance things. Yeah. And when you talk to girls who like uppers for substances, I mean, part of it now is I know I have ADHD, so it's like something my brain craves. Right. But there's always that thing of like, well, it makes me skinny. Oh. You know? Yeah. I mean, my mom and I were also on, we were basically on FenFen. We, we took like speed together in high school. Wow. Um, for diet pills. Because that was healthy, though. That was diet pills. And isn't it healthy to be a healthy weight? And just like the convoluted yeah, thinking yeah. about it. But the same way I'm like not a um, 100% sobriety person with substance stuff is because when you come from eating disorders you can't just quit food because then you just have a different problem so you have to find a way to to find moderation and to work with it because you you have to eat food so you can't just be like i don't do that anymore you know yeah 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 and you're always going to be surrounded by triggers and i have foods times where i eat too much or you know um and then to not let that spiral you out and and just to not let it snowball Right. Yeah. But to accept that imperfect way of dealing with it. Yeah. I I feel like because um, I I know that I'm an emotional eater and I didn't realize I was an emotional. So many. Yeah. A lot of people are. But like I was emotional to the point to like I would eat like a whole loaf of bread kind of. (laughs) Girl, I've eaten more than that. (laughs) I've eaten way more than that. I would just find like this, it was like an inability to stop. Yeah. Like a goldfish almost. Yeah. Just like one more snack, one more snack. And then I'd be like, oh my God. I'm like, I would eat to be pain, painfully full. Yeah. Like painfully. Yeah. And I think there's something to that because then it also like takes over your body and your brain to the point where you can't think about probably whatever it was that was bothering you otherwise. It's like. Oh, I think, I mean, this is all like personal theory stuff. You know? <laughs> this is like just thinking about it right, and processing right, it for right, so many right, years. Right. Like, don't quote me. I'm not a doctor. But I feel like there's forms of it that are like cutting, right? It's like the similar mechanism. Yeah. Like, I do this other thing to take control. Where to make you feel something. To make you feel something that's not the other thing. Yeah. Because physical pain is easier to deal with than emotional pain sometimes. Right. right. Um, and like, like throwing up, like 
it's weird to say you get a weird high from it. Really? In a way. It's like a numbing, a numbness in a way. I I actually believe that. I I think I would um, feel it in my body. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think well, obviously we get you would probably get a weird high from it and I'm thinking in the in the form of like your body is creating like neurotransmitters to deal with the pain. Probably. Yeah, it's probably. So you're getting that high from your your natural pain receptors. Yeah, and your body's all, like I mean normally if I threw up I it's because I would have sweets mm-hmm. which I have ruined myself like I have like a Pavlovian reaction now to ice cream because I was like my go-to yeah because hot tip it's not a hot tip don't do this but it tastes almost the same when you throw it up it's just like it's oh melted my ice cream. god um cold tip I guess but <laughs> don't do that I actually wrote about it I wrote a musical by eating disorders in there too it's like a in a song I wrote um a song called Dear John, which is a love song to the toilet. This is the best <laughs> um, but so now I can't even eat ice cream. Like my body's like, I know what to do. And I, <gasps> in times where I don't even want to, you up, get? I get nauseous. Oh. I get sick. And I'm like, wow, all the things I could have trained my body to do. How wild. Is to get sick from eating ice cream. But um, so I probably had like some of the like. Uh, chemicals from sugar mm-hmm. too, because sugar is a drug. Yeah, we sugar. All know that, yeah, right. Sugar will. Yeah, sugar will probably. I don't know. Sugar is cocaine in, that makes you fat. Yeah, in <laughs> <laughs> it is cocaine that makes you fat. I didn't know it. Yeah, except you're not sniffing it. You're injecting. <laughs> it's the glucose. It is definitely. Yeah. And and the reason why it, it and and I looked this up because I had to I I had to figure it out for myself because like in. Um, like when you're breaking down food, basically sugars are the things that you break down fast first to like help, you know, sustain nourishment or whatever, you know, when you're, and it's like in the form of like adenosine triphosphate. So that's, that's just, that's just the chemical name. That's just in the Krebs cycle, the Krebs cycle. What do you do? (laughs) My God, smarties. I'm like, I should, should I write that down? Is adrenocrine (laughs) phosphate like the thing I should be? No. Okay. Because, okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, because like when you're, when you study, you know, chemistry and, and like I did and, you learn these things and then you all of a sudden when you're going through life you're like oh i i knew what that was you know like and you start putting things together clearly i didn't make it to medical school i dropped out um but i'll start putting things together like some of the information that i learned from school and then i'm like oh that's what they were trying to teach me you know (laughs) i mean i get that now i don't know if you heard my song i wrote called dick trap Mm. But it's about how, like, oh, I didn't even like this guy. But then we slept together. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe he'd make a good dad one day. <laughs> going to start fantasizing about having holidays. And I realized it's like, oh, I got oxytocin. I got, like, all these chemicals. Yeah, you did. I literally, his dick made me attached to him when I didn't, like, like but, the rest of him. But that, but that is just the nature of it. You know, yeah. that is the nature of the chemicals in but our body. I didn't body. understand for so long. Yeah. I thought, like, that was, like love no no (laughs) it's not and that and that's why you kind of like that's that's a lot of the things too that we go through where you know we're going through life and especially you know when you you say like your mom you've had that kind of like shifty you know thing that when you are going through the event you're like I don't think this is bad mom's doing it you know what I mean and then you grow out of it and you look back in hindsight and you're like dang that was fucked up (laughs) yeah I mean she was doing the best she could you know but she 
had a, she probably had undiagnosed like bipolar borderline. She yeah. had a lot going on. Yeah. But, and she was raised by a dentist. Really? In the 50s who would just prescription pad up her and grandma. Wow. They had benzos. They had whatever. You know, they had all the 1950s housewife pills going on. Just a way so to shut them up, would, huh? like yeah probably yeah like mm, you know what you're talking too much i, I mean, think she told me like uh oh you know my father thought if you had a problem that couldn't be solved with a pill you were crazy so that's how she was raised so that's why when i was like mom i'm sad she's like here's a valium you know, like <gasps> yeah yeah she really thought she was doing the best she could you know yeah. but i never learned how to like process your feelings yeah 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 <laughs> most and and yeah i i feel like i've i've encountered that i've encountered that with a lot of people where they're not given the safe space to process their feelings because their parents yes. didn't teach them that or somewhere along the way their authoritative figure whoever was raising them didn't allow them to do that and then it just becomes something else when you get older and i'm not saying that it's clinical um, for you, because, you know, you clearly didn't think that your eating disorder was as bad, <laughs> but I'm not going to question that. I'm not here to, to, to pass that judgment, but, um, you, you kind of get into those thoughts where you're like, ah, oh, is, is this, is what, is what, what am I doing? You know, yeah. <laughs> I had that, uh, talk with my father recently where, uh, you know, he, he loved to be like, you should be grateful. It was like this for me. Like, you think this is bad. It was like this for me. I'm like, well, just because it sucked for you, should it suck for me too? Does yeah. That, like, make yeah, it okay? Exactly. And I know that he came from a situation where his mom was, they had to pull her off the windowsills naked. Like, she was trying to, she definitely had undiagnosed problems. And her and my grandpa were like Holocaust escapees, which is a certain type of like generational trauma you find in Jews right. where we grew up being like, the Nazis aren't hunting you. What do you have to complain about? Yeah. Like, you're raised by these people with such obvious ptsd and trauma right right and and, and, it, and it was you probably, be grateful exactly. for everything because because you're, you're not going through it was. yeah because you're not going through it but then at the same time it's like yeah i'm not going through it but you're putting the ptsd that you went through on me and so now i'm inheriting it right you know what i mean like i'm in i'm inheriting your pain through your pain, exactly. <laughs> you know, like we're, it's like, yeah, we're not living through World War Two, but it kind of feels like we are emotionally. You know? Yeah, but I, <laughs> yeah, I just have like war vets screaming yeah, at me yeah, all the time. Like, Go to fucking bed. Yeah, Stop yeah. fucking crying. <laughs> no, I mean, yes, I, I get that. I, get I never that. hit you. I just throw things near you. Like, yeah, what are you complaining yeah, about? Yeah, I, did, I didn't directly hit you. You know, like my yeah, mom. Like, I hit the wall. Yeah, exactly. And I, I've addressed this with my mom, too, where uh, I said, but mom, you still hit me. And she's like, I don't hit you that hard. I'm like, okay, you still, you know, like. I got to fight with my, with my dad when my mom died. I have to remember not to send him this. Or maybe I will. I don't know. <laughs> but he yelled at me. He's like. Because I thought he was going to hit me. And he's like, I've never hit you. I just spanked you that once, you know, when you were a kid. And I was like, because now I work at a kink party. And I realized, like, oh, I like to get spanked. He was like, no, stop talking. Don't ruin more things for me. This is not helping, actually. 
You're all like, you just want to relive that. Is that it, why I yeah. like it? No, because it brings you closer. Like yeah. Yeah. It brings you closer. I, to can't, your... I can't say daddy sexually again at, at all. <laughs> I, he ruined it. Because he also screamed at me like, I just wish I had an obedient daughter. I'm like, can't say yes, daddy in bed ever. <laughs> ever again. Too obvious. You can't know where your kinks come from, you know? Well, like, yeah. You, you don't I, see how that is made. That that makes so much sense now. I'm I'm starting to rethink what what. I'm attracted to. When don't I think about it too hard. Yeah, no, no. My ex said that to me once because he was into kink and I was like, he's like, I don't want to overthink it. I don't really want to know. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I like, I guess I like authority. Like I'm attracted to authority figures. Like I like structure. Yeah, same. So any guy that like tells me what to do, I'm like, fuck yeah. Well, I think when, <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a submissive and I think part of it is because when you're raised in a lot of chaos, yeah. it's like, you tell me what to do. I, do, I it. do it. I get called a good girl. Yeah. I love exactly. it. That's what I wanted the whole exactly. time. Exactly. That's all I ever wanted. I just want to be a good girl. I just want to be a good girl. I just want you to pet me and love me and me, <laughs> you know, because the love isn't unconditional. It's conditional for sure. Yeah. It's conditional for sure in those environments. Yeah. And yeah, I think <laughs> like your parents being fucked up, that shit makes you, it, 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 it makes you turned on at fucked up shit, you know? I mean, it's like about, you know, when you're going, when you're in certain ages mm -hmm. and certain hormones are clicking on and stuff, you're getting those, you know, first impressionistic things. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, the first time I felt like this was also around the time of my life when like this was happening or whatever. And like just wires get crossed, buttons get installed. Yeah. I was talking to my therapist about this. I'm like, you know, I know part of the reason I am attracted to very fucked up people <laughs> is because these are like the first people that I learned love from. Yeah, because you're familiar with it. And that's what my brain was wired to be like, this is love. Yeah. When somebody is unavailable and then yells and then whatever. And like, but, and now I'm getting to the point where I'm self-aware enough to know, like, maybe these aren't good things, but I don't know how to feel turned on or if those or things aren't there to other things so like how do you i don't know how to like because because yeah, yeah yeah and i'm learning how to do that too where i've also read about this you know like our attachment styles stuff like that mm -hmm. and yeah we're going to be attached to things that are very familiar to us and it like one of the things that i've read was you have to date people that make you feel uncomfortable and i'm like that's kind of not good advice <laughs> yeah that feels like a man wrote that yeah <laughs> yeah right like you gotta you gotta date things that are uh you know get you out of your comfort zone because i've I'm also done that yeah and i was like like i have a song called like is this love or a panic attack <laughs> Which I thought was really cute when I wrote it. I was like, because I have butterflies and I feel anxious and yeah. whatever. And then when that man screamed at me to the to the point where I literally cried across the country, it was like so intense. I was like, oh, it was panic. Yeah, it was panic. Yeah. I should have listened to my body, to on your that intuition. One. Yeah, but I'm used to loving people that scare me a little. Oh, okay. I think the advice I heard that is still annoying, especially as a Scorpio, is like sometimes you have to date people that are boring that you find boring Ugh, i know right yeah but at least you're not scared of them yeah that's true but i don't know maybe that's where king comes in <laughs> can i be scared in a way where there's consent and boundaries yeah well i mean it, uh, dating people that are boring. i've not explored that i can't no i i, can't do I, it. I, I get I, part of me gets grossed out by it 
you know, where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. This guy is too attentive. I don't like it. What are you doing, dude? Are you, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, and it's, uh, I, I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a whole different thing. Um, I mean, I also realize I'm like so used to love bombing that now a normal person feels like they're not interested. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so they're I'm not, also trying to realize and that. Then, and it's like, you're, you're used to that accelerated rate. Of like, you like, if he doesn't yeah. show interest in me now. Yeah. Like, why hasn't he like called me every yeah, day? And yeah. Like, why hasn't he texted me? What's going on? He must not give a shit. No, and then I exactly. Lose yeah. Yeah. You lose interest quick. Yeah. I, I, I will do that too. That's, that's probably, that's probably, we're over here like, these are red flags in us. Yeah. <laughs> red flag, red flag, red flag. Well, look, we all got them. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. We're, we're all a pastiche of flags. If somebody has, like, no flags, they either, like, have lived in a bubble their entire fucking life. Yeah. And don't have any personality because nothing's ever happened to them. Yeah. Which is now a red flag. It, yeah, or exactly. they're lying. They're lying. Yeah. <laughs> and they're a and sociopath then, putting on a really good face. A narcissist, basically. Yeah. Yeah, because I found a lot of people that present as, like, super. So perfect. And it's because. perfect is not It's normal. because they're marrying you. And I've noticed this. I tend to attract people because I'm a helpful person. I tend to attract people that mirror my behavior. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll get guys who, like, seem nicer in the beginning. Yeah, and then you, like, three months in, then you're like, oh, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, we're in the... I got this recently, too. With, like, two guys sort of said... Not the same thing, but in a similar vein that, like... You know, because I'm, like, tough. I have a hard shell, right? Yeah. As the soft centers need to. Um, <laughs> I was raised in New York. I'm a Scorpio. So, you know, I come off as, like, tough. And I'm, I'm, I'm strong. But I have a very soft center. I'm very compassionate and very empathetic. Yeah, but you got to get through that tough layer to get right. to that. And yeah. so they get to where they get to know me a little. And this, this one guy literally was like, I thought you'd be meaner. Like, he didn't really? like that when he found out that I was nice. Because I think he was like, because he was an asshole, and I think it made him start to feel worse about it. Like, he thought we were both assholes. Yeah. You know? Oh. And I thought he was a good person under that shell, too. Oh, so it was but like under reversed. that shell was just it a was, lot of meth, it was, apparently. Yeah, no, so it was a veil then that you were like, oh, so he's like me. Right. Where he just has the facade of being a tough person, but he's actually soft exactly. like me. Well, and he... and. They, like, kind of present that, too. Yeah. Like those guys that are like, I'm helpful. I'm going to help you with this. I'm going to help you with that. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wait, actually. Don't do that. That was yeah. a lie. Yeah. Yeah. You because were manipulating me. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I start seeing that, too. I start, yeah. yeah. Like, another guy I dated who, like, presented as really wholesome, very, like, vulnerable person. And he said all this stuff, like, oh, you know, I don't date a lot of girls in this scene or whatever. And then you go to a show, and it's like, you start talking to people. It's like, oh, you fucked half the women here yeah. actually oh my god actually really? who, are who are you really wow i have not encountered when that. you're not like <laughs> lying about who you are and maybe you know sometimes it's and and this is really good liars why you can't tell is because they're not just like lying to you like they're, they're lying, lying to themselves, themselves. they yeah. believe the lie yeah because that's what they're telling themselves yeah. every night no i'm just a good guy and i'm just this and that and they're not objectively looking at their pattern of behavior yeah 
Yeah, that's 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 a big problem, especially when they don't. They're like, yeah, I'm a good guy. I don't have to change this. And you're like, bro, if you got to tell yourself you're a good guy, maybe you're fucking not a good guy. dude. That is one thing I have learned hands down. That's that's good a guys red flag. Yeah. Never t- talk about what a good guy. they yeah, are. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. They because they because they don't they already know their actions. Say it. Yeah. Action. And then that's I what, said this to my dad. Yeah. And I will say I have recently like had a lot of really great conversations with my dad. I think he has worked on himself a lot. He is in a much calmer, better place. And I do love him. And he's a good person. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of anger issues and shit to deal with. But at one point we were having a fight. And he's like, I'm just such a good father. And, blah, blah. and I was like, you know who never has to say that they're a good father? Good a fathers, good father. yeah. You know who decides that? They're kids. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, that is true. I mean, I'm, I, I, mean I think we always say that. We're yeah. like... Your actions will speak for it. They, they yeah. will speak volumes. And there's also this, like, you know, the black and white thinking. You go to therapy. Right. That's not how the world works. We are all shades of gray. Everyone has a shadow self. Everyone has things that they have done that are not perfect, that are not right. necessarily, like, good, that weren't healthy. We've all made mistakes because yep. we are human, every single one of us. And if you think you haven't, you're fucked up. Uh, <laughs> like, I'll just say that right now. You're like, no, I'm perfect. Red flag. Yeah, exactly. None um, of us are Because you learn by making mistakes. That's how you learn and grow, you yeah. know? And it's like being able to look at them honestly and try and maybe not keep doing them. Yeah. Is the thing. Yeah, that's that's usually how you go about things in life is, you know, if you real, if you if you address it, you're like, okay, this is no longer serving me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yes, you do make those those alterations. You get older, you're like, yeah, this I need to change this, you know. And then that's when I start thinking like maybe the stretch marks aren't that bad. Those are growth marks. Exactly. <laughs> they're growth marks. They're growth marks. That's literally you what know? they are. Yeah. Well, it just Yeah, they're growth marks. It just means that yeah, I made mistakes in the past. But I went and fixed them in the future. And now, you know, you're prioritizing your health. You yeah. know, you're like, and not in a way where you're like, ah, I'm, I'm doing it in an unhealthy way. You know, because there's some people that prioritize their health in an unhealthy way. I think I was talking earlier uh, to someone else about the, the Jonah Hill thing yep. where that guy uses those 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 therapy. I love uh, that that's happening right now, though, yeah. actually, because the... The response things I've seen of people explaining how, you know, just because you're using therapy speak. Doesn't mean that that's what it is. Yeah. 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 You yeah. can use the right words. Like, I remember this guy. He's basically gaslighting therapy. He's gaslighting. <laughs> I mean, I had a guy tell me once, because I remember I was crying, and, and he was just kind of like sitting there staring at me. It made me uncomfortable. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm holding space for your feelings. Oh. And I was like, maybe it feels weird because no one's ever done that before. And later in thinking back of it and all the like other kind of psychopathic things he did, I was like, no, you learned the term holding space in therapy. And that was your way to just like not deal with my emotion or right. interact with me at that yeah. time. But that's the word you use. So it felt like. Like that's but what I you were doing. But I didn't feel comforted. I didn't feel like. Yeah. Yeah. See. being held. I feel like you were weirdly staring at me while I cried. <laughs> like, See. See, that's an that's an that's another one where like um what was I gonna say? Um <laughs> he was presenting as he cared, <laughs> as someone who cared. Oh yeah, he was oh. <laughs> one of the craziest people and I've dated a lot Okay, of now were you okay, now let me let me just premise this. Crazy is different than mental illness. Right? You're right, yes. you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So crazy yeah, is that's different. That's aside from like 
to me, I put I put that in when it starts to become like dangerous and delusional and yeah, not like I, I'm not trying to be derogatory in that. Yeah, maybe I should have a different word for that though. Yeah, yeah, because I noticed I noticed that like I'm not I'm not this isn't a critique on you, but um, like I'll get people that'll say the word crazy and I understand where that where it's coming from where like they use it in a way like oh that was beyond my thought my scope of thinking you know what I mean and then I'm like yeah but that's that's different though you know that's that's yeah. that's just you I'm gonna saying feel like crazy is a spectrum right so I'm yeah. sure some people I'm crazy sometimes I'm crazy some well it's just more like unfamiliar so yeah. you're saying it in a way where like this guy his behavior was becoming incredibly it was wild. Yeah, incredible. It, w- it was incredibly different. It was than, extreme. It was extremely different from what you knew of him before, basically. Yeah. yeah. So it that's was what, extreme. Yeah, it was extremely it different was, from from yeah. the way he 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 did come off. It was unusual for him, from what you knew, is what you mean, right? I'm. I mean, for him specifically, I think he might be a sociopath. <laughs> oh, okay. So now, so maybe that was his baseline. Maybe that was his real behavior. And then, like, the other I, stuff. When he presented. Yeah, his, his behavior. His, he wanted to present as, you know, like, beautiful and I don't know, what, uh, what, Wait, whatever it is that, that you. I, sort of know from comedy. <laughs> Red flag, I know. Um, no, not at all. We, I we had never even been friendly, and it was like shortly after my mom died. And the red flag, I was very vulnerable. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're being like really nice to me. And I remember her saying, like, I never like knew you as a nice person. That's not like the persona you give off. It's like, oh, yeah, I just don't want anyone to know. <laughs> and I, so at first, I was like, oh, it's like, oh, that like inner, that soft inner shell thing. Yeah. And now I'm like, no, that was probably bullshit because yeah yeah nice absolutely people don't care about not letting other people know that they're nice <laughs> like that yeah yeah manipulative yeah that's true i don't know it was a wild situation yeah i i usually joke around with people where you know um someone said oh but you're a nice person and i said don't tell anybody that i don't want anybody to know <laughs> i don't want them to catch wind of that because then they're gonna want to hang out with me and then i have to hang out with them and then now <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any just more friends. Snowballs, you know. <laughs> just, just, just. I would like to keep my friends, you know, small. My group. Yeah. <laughs> Usually in my head. <laughs> I'm nice, but I'm still uh, intimidating. Is a word I get a lot. Oh no, that's a projection. When someone says you're intimidating, that just means that they're not. They, they're. It's, it's, it's more yeah. like their ego, like they're protecting it. Well, I you used know? to think that, and I used to get more insulted, and now I'm like. Yeah, what, why am I intimidating? Because you think I'm better than you? Then maybe I am. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, why do I have to, like... Just take it. Just take it. I yeah. mean, I'm from New York. I'm not going to take bullshit. Yeah, you know? yeah. Maybe, and and that's... Maybe they should be intimidated. Yeah, for real. Yeah. I used to take it more personally and get offended. And be like, why? Why? Oh, no, no. Yeah, I know. I had recently had uh, a friend of mine say that I need to be friendlier. I was like, bro, we're already friends. Like, why? What? How much friendlier do we do you want to get? Like, I don't understand what you're saying. You know what I mean? That also feels like, because I think part of the reason I used to care more about, you know, being intimidating, 
It's because I'm a woman. Fuck that shit. Right? Yeah. And we're supposed to be And like, we're supposed to be all smiles and nice. How are you? How are you? No, how are you? Don't even think about me and my feelings are not important. How yeah. are you? Yeah. Oh, God. That... It, that I'm not allowed to have a mood. Yeah, I don't want to be a bitch. Exactly, because we all have to be on Valium, right? Basically. <laughs> Hi, Mama. Hi, Grandma. Yeah, we all have to be all doped up and shit, you know? We're not allowed to have feelings because Lord knows our feelings are unmanageable. Oh, and if we do, then it's probably PMS. Yes, exactly. And yeah. then if it's PMS, then it's not... It must be your hormones. Yeah. Like, it's not like men have hormones or anything. I know, right? It's not like you guys don't fucking... It's not fucking... like testosterone literally makes you angry. Yeah, it's not like you guys are, aren't going around punching holes in walls and yeah. shit, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Projection. Projection. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think that's interesting though. Um yeah, so I I mean we all run into that that kind of uh strange dialect, you know, with the other individuals, you know, where you're like, ah, is this is this something that they're dealing with or is it just something like they're actively going through, you know, emotionally, I'll I'll see people that are actively going through distress. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've gone through, you know, when my mom died, hard grief. Yeah. So I know I presented a different way in the world, which ironically, I think a lot of people liked more than when I'm trying to people please maybe. Because um, I didn't have the capacity for it. Yeah. Um, just what did you withdraw? No, that's when I started doing stand up. <laughs> oh, okay. That's that's a good way of doing it. You know. You know. You're you, like you hit rock bottom. You do stand up. Yeah. 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 Yep. That's how you know. And yeah. I knew I was like drinking too much. And I, was, I think I went to like fourth wall in the middle of the day, and I was like, "Is this an AA meeting?" I'm just kidding. <laughs> But we're all here to try and deal with something, right? No. It, do, it does feel that way, though. It does feel that way. And I hate when people are like, don't use stand-up as therapy. And you're like, but we're all here for a reason, dude. I think like, the only time that I understand that point is like, don't use stand-up as therapy if you're not even going to try and make it funny. Right. Because <laughs> some people yeah. like, literally don't even yeah, try they'll, they'll to have just, a joke. They'll just be like, ugh. And I get it. And I do like hold love in my heart for those people. But it is like... How long is this open mic? Like, how many <laughs> sessions do I have? You're to like, I'm glad I only paid for the five minute slot. I think I'm gonna take mm. off. You know? <laughs> yeah, I had to pay to be your therapist. Right? What's happening? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's that's funny. Um, yeah, so I've I've uh, I've always had a kinship with you. <laughs> I Same. felt like even though like when I first met you, I was like, mm, I don't remember. <laughs> no, you were literally like, we're gonna talk about the first time I met, and I was like. I don't know if I remember because I, I, the thing I really remember is um, running into you at the at the improv mic and being like, "Hey, can I sit here?" Yeah, and yeah, people. yeah. And I knew I had met you. I don't remember details. I was probably drunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's usually the way it goes. And um, when people say, "Oh, you don't remember my face," I'm like, "Bro, I have schizophrenia. I don't remember half the shit. I, I don't even remember my I motherfucking have ADHD face." And I drink too much <laughs> sometimes, and I've smoked weed. This is how my professionally since I was it's, fifteen. It's like, and I have a lot of trauma and shit. I don't remember half of my life. Exactly, how am I supposed to remember exactly. you? Exactly. Like, don't take it personally. I don't remember entire years of my childhood. <laughs> You're but like, your I'm still. I'm having a full on conversation with myself, yeah. you know, like, don't just, just 
I wanted to remember you, but my brain was too focused on the light that was weird. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not personal. Yeah, absolutely. I think I tried to do this. I'm like, it's, if I don't remember you, it is not personal. It no. It's so not personal. It's no. so not about you because I don't even remember you. Like, it's <laughs> obviously not about you. It's not about you. I can guarantee it. Because I don't know who you are. Yeah, yeah. But I'm glad that, you know, we got to know each other a little bit more and, you know, kind of, uh, I, I don't like, I, I like to say it, but I don't like to say it. We trauma bonded a bit, you know, over, know. over eating disorders, I, I love guess. It. Yeah. And I got that. We didn't even get into the depression. No, oh. we did it. And I wish we could have, because, you know, we could have touched on a lot of stuff with oh depression. My God. We could touch a lot of things. We could, <laughs> we, yeah, no, we, definitely depression, kink shaming. Right. <laughs> Sexual assault. I, I didn't, I didn't even know I had a kink until now, <laughs> until I realized, yeah, I like guys that tell me what to do, bro. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny, too, because I was talking to some women at, at, a, at a kink event that I work at. And we're like, I'm not even that kinky. I just think it's like, oh, if I literally want anything else, like if I just want foreplay, I have to call it a kink now. Now I want like nipple play and choking and mm. hair pulling. It's like literally just touch the rest of my body. Like, I don't know. Like <laughs> everything else is a kink now. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm at a point in my life where because I'm on a blood thinner, I can't do rough sex. But... I, so I have to settle for like stability. <laughs> my kink is my kink is em, em, emotionally available men. True, that's, that's that's my kink. I mean, that's another good thing about kink is like I don't get dick trapped if we're not if we're just. But you do get intimacy. Yeah. Because like we need intimacy as human beings. You know, we need hugs. We need to touch. Like. We just do. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I like that this got really intimate. <laughs> I know. All right. That concludes this episode of uh, It's Gonna Be Okay. Remember, Samantha, right? What do we do when we're going through some tough shit? We just got to take it and say it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. That's how I usually say it when I'm saying it. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Thank be okay. you. Thank you, guys. Thanks Thank for you. listening. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>